just cold. me to listen to the Shangri-Las a lot again. This movie got me listening to Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono? He's in it. Yeah. He never made the good music, though. Do, 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 do. It's 1963. All of society revolves around a teen dance show <laughs> aired locally. In Baltimore, it does. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think, though, this is near, like, light, a little bit less than a decade from the Stooges coming out, so there's not much for people to live for yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair like, enough. Damn, Iggy's not around yet. We gotta... Uh, we I mean, also, I just, on the TV. I, what, can you imagine what it would be like to think that there would be some sort of uh, racial uh, tensions inside of Baltimore? Yeah, that's, <laughs> Baltimore, now, nowadays Baltimore is fine, right? <laughs> Problem solved. I don't recall there being any uh, recent... There wasn't any sort of racial recent issues. racial issues. No, right? not in Bodymore murder lands. As they call it in the rap songs, I was They're thinking that uh, everybody under constant surveillance would understand. Oh uh, yeah, that's just the, the the UK model, as we like to call it. The anarchy in the UK. Anarchy in the UK. So can't have crimes when there's cameras everywhere. Everyone knows that. You just gotta wear your balaclava. <laughs> that's what the IRA does, and other regular criminals. <laughs> Not to say the IRA is criminals, obviously they're uh, revolutionaries and freedom fighters, but you get the idea. And some are criminals too. I mean, it's not you, you, you got we got plenty of criminals and revolutionaries. Yeah, I mean, you got the if you got the opportunity to run guns, why don't you run guns? <laughs> so a little bit of crack. It's a little bit of crack. A little bit of crack in dairy. Maine? No, that's where uh, it's from. Oh, I'm sorry, London dairy. <laughs> Oh boy, it's been a rough week for me. I don't know what's going on. Just can't get it together. Nothing seems satisfying. It's the worst. You think it's because it's summertime, but there's it doesn't. You can't do any of the fun summertime stuff, and that's why this will be officially the year without party rocking. <laughs> the year of sad summer. Yeah, the when the world needed LMFAO the most, they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> They're oh. nowhere to be seen. Now all we got is a new Gaga song with Ariana Grande. Yeah, bleak. Wah, wah. It's bleak out there. Yeah, it's not looking good. Actually, her, her new song is better than the other one, so that's cool. I actually think it's cool that Ariana Grande made her signature look just the giant ponytail. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, the standard cliche is like, oh, ponytail, ugh. But she's like, nah, I'm glamorous. Look at my giant ponytail. It's all <laughs> this long ass ponytail. Yeah, it's cool. That's punk rock. Yeah. That's punk I'm not, rock. I'm not giving it to her. I am. She's cool. Mm. She's a cool girl. I like okay. um God is a woman. The song's got some nice 808s in it. To make you think about love making. 
Got the love making 808s. When you hear those 808s, you're like, mm, time for romance. That's <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. Da, na, 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 na. I got drunk by myself Friday night. That's right. why I felt shitty yesterday. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in the garage because the internet was down for like seven hours, too. So I didn't know what to do. So I was just sitting in the garage listening to yeah, music. It was like the end times. Yeah, it's like I told you, um, as soon as the internet goes down, if we lose the internet, there'll be a revolution in like a couple days. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I was like, I just got to go out and kill tonight or something. <laughs> but is there I a was purge like, tonight? Yeah, like the, one of the greatest memories of my life is like sitting in the backyard in one of the shitty houses I rented while like my girlfriend at the time like slow danced to fucking Lana Del Rey with dirty feet because she's been barefoot all day. And, like, your skin's hot because you've been in the sun all day. Your throat hurts because you've been drinking and smoking all day. And you're just casually sharing a blunt. It's still fucking 95 degrees outside because it's fucking Arizona and you hate it. But then thinking back, I was like, you know, it'll never be that good again. The year without party rocking. (laughs) You know, you can't think like that because there's there's always uh, so much possibility out there. You never know what the future will hold. I didn't think Donald Trump would become president, but here we are, Kyle. No. You follow your dreams. There's no reason not to. No, I'll never have a girlfriend again. A girlfriend with dirty feet who likes to party <laughs> rock. There's no girls like it. No, no girls anymore that like to party rock. All they like is quarantine and hot chip. <laughs> Everyone wants a little hot chip. Yeah, I do too. Fucking that's all. I eat hot chips. Hot chips. Yeah, spicy boys. Well, let's think back on a better time in America. Uh, I believe this is the time period that uh, people refer to when they say make America great again. And no, I think they're talking about even earlier than this. Oh, before like they people even considered desegregating. Yeah. You know, like they're before they got a little too uppity. Mm. Well, let's go back to 1963. The Gilded Age again. When the girls were hot and (laughs) the music was hotter. The guy with a cool bike could, Get laid all Some guy with the cool pompadour could get laid all summer long. It's Madison time. Hit it. Baltimore, 1962. The heyday of hairdos and hair don'ts. We shall overcome someday. No, that hair you won't. Hot throb. And hefty girls. Mama, welcome to the 60s. Hot dates and hit talkers. No matter what you've heard, we are gonna teach the white children how to do the bird. Beat mix and hair hoppers. I can't see through her hair. magic potion that holds it all together. They put me in special ed just because of my hair. The times, they're changing. Something's blowing in the wind. Let's get naked and smoke. Are you now or have you ever gone steady? You got something against Connie Francis? Trash, plain and simple. Catching my diet pills with your head. Oh, mother, you're so 50s. 
Starring Sonny Bono, Ruth Brown, Devine, Michael St. Gerard, Debbie Harry, Ricky Lake, Jerry Stiller, and Sean Thompson. The new comedy from John Waters. It's way beyond Greece. Hairspray. Um, yeah, but it's the movie you watched is Hairspray, which came out in 1988. A pleasantly plump teenager teaches 1962 <laughs> Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. That makes it sound like, um, like she had like. The- was the drive to integrate. I mean, if you didn't realize this movie was like a, a satire going into it and that's all you read about it, you'd be like, wow, this is going to be like a real great America rah 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 movie. Yeah. And then you watch it and it's all just how shitty American culture is. <laughs> and why is that? It's because it's directed by my personal hero, um, dream best friend, John Waters. <laughs> Together, we watch movies in my dreams. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Man, what if. I don't know what I would do if like John Waters invited me over to like watch movies with him. <laughs> I'd lose my shit. Yeah, growing up in Baltimore in the 1950s, John Waters was not like other children. He was obsessed by violence and gore, both real and on the screen. With his weird counterculture friends as a cast, he began making silent 8mm and 16mm films in the mid-60s. Now, his mainstream films tend to satirize mid-century suburban America with a camp sense of humor. A lot of people have there's ongoing debate about camp. It seems like and I was like John Waters is the perfect example of camp. Just watch yeah, his movies. Like what? That's yeah. camp. <laughs> there's no debate. Why, about why is there it. debate? <laughs> I don't know. What's like is wrestling camp? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it is, but not a always. lot of the time. <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah. of the time, really. Yeah, but it's, uh, when it's at its best, it's camp. I think. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, wrestling is you can't take it that seriously. You fucking Jim Cornette, you weirdo. <laughs> I think even Jim Cornette, like he, even when it, he realizes that it's best, it's still camp. He just looks like really into it. No, he's a little bitch about it. No, I he's think, definitely a little bitch about it. Can't stand Jim Cornette. Have you watched those Vice documentaries? I haven't watched them. Oh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. I, I caught up on them this week. Actually, the most recent one was the death of Owen Hart. Oh. <laughs> Or the last days. Uh, yeah, a lot of them aren't super fun. You kind of get bummed out. Well, I, I was. Know the, uh, didn't they do the Von Eric family in the first season? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did Benoit and Owen Hart this season. Oh, God. Yep. What's left after this? I don't know. I don't know what else there is to cover. I feel like it's been every like big time story. You can do Ric Flair, wrestling. right? But he's still alive, so that might be, that might be troublesome. They did that 30 for 30 Ric Flair. I haven't seen it yet, though. Yeah, but they don't talk Power about. off topic already. They, they, don't, camp. they don't talk about how much Ric Flair loves drinking and exposing himself to flight attendants. <laughs> <laughs> At those that's you you say that like it's two separate pastimes, but that's he, that's it's one thing com- he combined. does. It. Yeah, that's combined. one thing he does. Yeah, he drinks and then he just gets naked in his robe and flashes people. What a cool guy! <laughs> Woo! Okay. Before Woo! we get back to um, talking about this other campy thing. Um, I was thinking in the when I watched the Owen one is like yeah, Bret Hart's a pretty cool guy. Usually, you can't nothing bad really anyone has to say about Bret except for like maybe he took wrestling too seriously too. That and he cheated on his wife a lot, right? 
Uh, there just doesn't seem to be any evidence of that except for Michael Sean Michaels when he was super on drugs and was cheating on his wife with Sonny. He I think Brett, <laughs> Michael. I think I think Brett even talked about it a couple times. I I definitely remember him saying like, yeah, when you're on the road, your choice to either drugs, alcohol, or women. And you know, what, I chose women. Oh, maybe I don't know, but I was like, so he's recently kind of gotten over the Montreal Screwjob thing, right? He was got into the Hall of Fame. Dude, I, I'll tell you this right now, if um. If if I was in Bret Hart's position and uh, and he killed my brother, killed you, I'd fuck. <laughs> you'd be, be lucky to still be alive. Yeah, I was that. I was after I watched it. I was like mad at Bret Hart. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like you killed your brother, dude. Yeah, uh, the Montreal Screwjob. Okay, I can get over that. <laughs> yeah, that's like some business shit. You get older and you're like, yeah, whatever. But like, no, he fucking killed your brother. Why are you coming like fucking with your hand out and your fucking niece is working for him and shit? You know what I mean? The Hart family's kind of like fucking bitches <laughs> i'd be like fuck that well, man. i do remember saying hearing that like his sisters were like really um like on vince's side yeah no like they owen's wife is like the main star of the dark side of the ring episode and she's talking about how a lot of the Hart family turned on her as soon as she did the class action lawsuit against her man because you know they'd been that's yeah, like, been sucking on that WWF team. Yeah, for generations, you know? And so they're like, we got to protect the WWE. And it's like, that's fucking stupid, man. He killed your brother. Burn it yeah. to the ground. That's some, I don't know the deal with that. It's like, I thought you were hardcore Canadians, cared about your family and shit. You know, hardcore. <laughs> Anyhow, John Waters' favorite childhood memory was seeing real, <laughs> <laughs> real blood on the set of a wrecked car when visiting a scrapyard and fantasizing about lethal car crashes. John Waters, he he wouldn't go back to Vince McMahon with his hand out. No way. John Waters would have never gone to Vince McMahon with his hand out for anything. He wouldn't have gotten a job fucking working for Vince McMahon. John Waters does it all himself. He's the man. He's fucking John Waters. No one can stop him. He did <laughs> Time grow. Stop him. Time stops everyone, Kyle. Oh, yeah, I mean, old age might get him eventually. Uh, he grew his uh, pencil thin little mustache in honor of Little Richard. Rest in peace, Little Richard. Oh, I mean, a little uh, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller in this too. He was yeah, fucking Jerry John. Stiller just died. We saw, rest in peace to him. Everybody's dying. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's coronavirus. <laughs> oh, coronavirus! <laughs> Damn, is that Rona? It's that Corona? <laughs> that Winona Ryder virus? <laughs> Out there ganking people. Uh, he was good friends with Russ Meyer, the famous exploitation filmmaker. As a fan of his work, he would often go see his films in the theater with Divine. Naked. I mean, if you're watching a little sexy Russ Meyer movie, you might want to get it out. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you have that, that big old robe like Ric Flair does, they don't know what's underneath that. You got to keep that closed. Mm-hmm. As soon as you sit down, mm, it's too late. I've it seen all everything. comes out. Yep, yeah. It's too late. I've seen it all. Uh, so there's uh, thousands of great quotes from John Waters because he's just the quippiest, wittiest man since Oscar Wilde. Probably better than Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde is a little bit up his own ass. But uh, <laughs> it's hard to choose between them all, but I figured I'd uh, get a more recent one when he's talking about just uh, movies and culture in general, which I sort of agree with. He says, irony ruined everything. I wish my movies could have played at drive-ins, but they never did because of irony. Even the best exploitation movies were never meant to be so bad they were good. They were not made for the intelligentista. They were made to be violent for real or to be sexy for real. But now everybody has irony. Even horror films now are ironic. Everybody's in on the joke now. Everybody's hip. Nobody takes anything at face value anymore. 
yeah and like satire doesn't uh work as well if everyone's like oh well <laughs> i get it i'm not like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i get it to a certain extent I, he's right but yeah i don't think it's um, do? <laughs> as prevalent as a problem in the media exactly no. but it is definitely a big problem on twitter Oh, hundred well, yeah, internet is super ironic. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> fucking everyone's just riffing all the time, and it's like fucking not good riffs, and you're just repeating the same shit that everyone else says, and you're just saying it into the void of like some Twitter comments or a Twitch chat. Fucking, I don't know what's gonna happen to society anymore, but it seems like it's just a bunch of twenty-five-year-old white men making the same fucking jokes. Hate the internet. <laughs> 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 that's the feeling that is the internet i mean yeah. but, i don't know twitter instagram like it's just a certain extent it's not um well there's differences more between. prevalent on certain sites than others but like twitter and reddit especially feel like 25 yeah. year old white sites well here's so facebook is where 25 year old straight white man. that's where boomers go to argue about trump and biden Right. Instagram's where and with the robots. They go to the argue with the robots. Yeah, Instagram is where some model tries to like sell you some like fucking poison to flatten your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just getting sold shit and propaganda on Instagram. Um, Twitter is uh, journalists. Oh, by the way, we uh, we got an offer to sell uh, some diet supplements on tw- on Instagram. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on that. Yeah. But continue on. Yeah. And then Twitter's like journalists and people that wish they were journalists or at least in the same like tax bracket as journalists trying to like riff on politics, but everyone having the same shitty opinion and saying the same shitty stuff. And then a lot of like accidentally airing out like how fucking shitty they are at sex and intimacy and just regular human stuff. So that's pretty funny. All the accidental like tipper gores on there. <laughs> and then Tumblr's like uh, well-meaning people completely destroying society and trying to uh, evaluate the value of things based on never going outside and reverting back to segregation somehow. So I mean segregation today, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Yeah, I mean the internet is weird. People are I've, the, our stupid little ape brains weren't ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give them any credit for this, but I always go back and think about that Penny Arcade comic where the uh, normal person plus total anonymity, and it kind of is that. You know what I mean? Like you, that's they, part of it. I also, think the internet has like, created this distance, like where like the people you're talking to aren't necessarily you don't really see them as real people. I think it's more to do with the inundation of information, and a lot of times it's information well, that, yeah, that that's too, that's too completely much. useless to you, but you still have to like have an opinion on it and shit. And it's like fucking not everyone needs a voice and not everyone needs to be inundated with, you know, fucking more news. And you don't need to have an immediate knee jerk reaction or an immediate knee jerk um, uh, opinion or uh, you need to take a side right away. You think about it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, this is cliche maybe or whatever, but I always think about the line in the Modest Mouse song where it's like, if you knew everything... Oh yeah, you wish they just shut up. Yeah, if you knew everything the people you love thought about, you'd wish they just shut up and say, "Fucking yeah." I mean, shit. I sometimes wish I, my own brain would shut up, so I can only imagine having to hear everybody else at the same time. Well, that's the internet, man. You fucking have to hear all these people's thoughts, and they don't fucking have anything to say most of the time. That's like my most hated like personality in real life is if someone talks a lot but they don't have anything to say, and that's fucking like everyone on the internet. Fucking upset all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, fucking 
Oh, John Waters exists, so it's all right. I'll just watch He's got something movie. to say. I just watch. Killed the a baby today. Oh wait, no, that's a different guy. He's got something to say. He's say American culture is trash and it's lovely, but still trash. Let's just have fun. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's just not. It's just people are not equipped for this anymore. Uh, people just weren't ever equipped for this sort of situation, <clears throat> and they just adapt at all costs. I also saw something else someone else said the other day that kind of resonated with me. Is It was like, you remember back in the old days of the internet where it, was like, it seemed like it was separate from mainstream society, so there's a little bit of escapism to being on the internet and shit, and then now mm-hmm. it's just completely nonstop flooded, and there's like no separation between the internet and real life anymore, and they all just overlap onto each other, yeah. and it's just re-perpetuating the same problems over and over again. I was like, yeah, that's true. You used to go on the internet play EverQuest, fucking yell about weird shit on forums, not really think about shit. Shit. Like, there's a, a video game forum that, you know, I've talked about before that we've gone to since we were teenagers, basically. And yeah. I've on, I'm on <laughs> still on the most recent version or revision of it, sort of. Um, but it's not the same anymore. Uh, the people, are just ang- people are angry at each other. Yeah. It's cool. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're heading to somewhere... Oh, that doesn't feel great, but maybe uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll turn that corner. I mean, yeah, maybe it'll work out to be all right. Yeah, I definitely do feel like a storm's coming. Storm's coming. Annie. Storms are coming, Annie. <laughs> it in my bones. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a space of dust. Something's coming down the pipe. It's like that one time Sony Sonny Bono went skiing and he could see the trees coming for him. <laughs> Oh, it's got dark. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sonny Bono, who appears in this film. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit because we probably won't see him again in another movie, so it's a good time to just talk about Sonny Bono. He was the son of impoverished Sicilian immigrants who moved to Los Angeles, California when he was seven. After dropping out of high school, he supported himself as a struggling songwriter, waiter, construction worker, truck driver, and a butcher's assistant. Uh, and then, of course, he uh, famously found success with his wife at the time to share. Came a staple who? on the TV. You know, um, Cher, one of the greatest pop musicians of all time. She, do you believe in life after love? She invented no. autotune. <laughs> I guess she didn't invent it, but she really popular. Yeah. <laughs> fucking cutting edge shit. Cher's cool too. And then he became. I remember her sitting on top of a cannon on, in a, on a battleship. Yeah, and also waking she, something in me. He's a boy. <laughs> yeah, there's something about Cher where it's like, hmm, who's that? Who that? Uh, he did eventually become mayor of Palm Springs, California, and eventually was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as congressman from the state of California, position he held until his death. So then he became a successful politician. So maybe he's not as nice as he seems. <laughs> it's like, who, what man would want that kind of power? The kind of power where you gotta, like, fucking suck business dick and probably hide pedophilia and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ah, America. <laughs> oh boy, or the world. At least you, the UK and America. No, nah, man, it's everywhere. I'm like, you think like China is any better about this shit? I guarantee they're not. It's just hey, a people um, thing. Like, we need to we need to really like be honest with ourselves about what like what humanity is, and just you know, come on, guys. Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about how we can actually guard against some of this shit. Um, it's a propaganda. I'm telling you, we got to change the mythology. Yeah, well, and that's part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, we just changed the mythology. 
get out of here, fucking constitution. We got a new constitution. It's called Stop the, Being a Dick. <laughs> the problem is, like, the actual mythology of the constitution is not that bad. It's just that no one actually, everybody just pays lip service to it. Yeah, this is the, actually the, the there's larger myths than like the constitution right. of America about um, what America is. And well, I mean, that's owning honestly, guns, it's because shooting bears and building a log cabin going yeah, out like, there. Well, it's because a lot of things have superseded what the constitution is. Like consumerism for a large part has succeeded. Yeah. Oh, I can't even talk today. Superseded any um, sort of philosophy that you know America or American political philosophy had. Like, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, but you know, keep buying more uh, TVs and buy more shit. Got out, go out there stuff. and go eat at a restaurant. You'll never <laughs> actually be happy. The pursuit continues. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I saw the Will Smith movie. As soon as he made it to the top, he wanted more. <laughs> he wanted more happiness, more dollars, more dollar happiness. Yeah, Debbie Harry's in this movie too. She's uh, from Blondie. A lot Who? of people assume Debbie Harry is Blondie because they don't know that Blondie's a band, but yeah, she's in a band called Blondie. <laughs> she's also apparently a Playboy bunny in the 1960s. You can see Debbie Harry's tatas? I don't know. She might have just been one of the girls that like, hung out at the, you know, what, the house, the mansion? What's the Playboy mansion? That piece yeah, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she also used to hang out at Max's Kansas City, a famous Warhol inhabited night spot. Andy Warhol <laughs> I saw someone tweet it was like, Can you imagine how annoying it would have been to like hang out with Andy Warhol? It's like, yeah, it probably sucks. Yeah, I've had some weird friends. Yeah. Uh, 1973, she met Chris Stein at Max's Kansas City, became her longtime partner, and they created Blondie in 1974. Uh, they were both in a band before that called The Stilettos, a theatrical girl group. And then Blondie Ooh. struggled for a few years, then went on to be one of the most successful bands of the late 1970s and early 1980s. Group broke up in 1982. Uh, they went on to roaring success, coming from the same scene as the Ramones, while the Ramones continued to struggle for their entire career. And the Ramones are a better band than Blondie. Oh, Heck, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Blondie changed their sound, though, a little bit. They came, they're definitely a little bit more disco y as time went on. You know what I mean? They, that song, their legit disco song, Rapture, was like. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Or a heart of glass. Rapture's the rap one, <laughs> which is oh, hot, hot yeah. glass. Rapture's the one which uh, maybe it was like time. Well, it is considered timely in that it helped break through hip hop into the mainstream at the time. But if you listen to it now, it's like man, this is just goofy. <laughs> but I guess I early hip hop was kind of cornball, anyways. Honestly, the, like the Beatles' "Hey Bulldog" is like a better hip hop song than the uh, than Rapture. Fucking the Rocky Road to Dublin, that Irish folk song is. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the earliest rap song that's ever existed. <laughs> uh, the, but I'm obviously Blondie broke through because yeah, they did have like a nicer pop sound. And they were able to change the times, and uh, w, Debbie Harry is absolutely stunning. So she's gonna be a pop star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Joey Ramone looks like a poem. Yeah, sure, <laughs> a, a complex one, like maybe a, something Lord Byron would have written. One <laughs> <laughs> well, no one actually's read. Yeah. Uh, she was good friends with Nancy Spungen, who we talked about before. Sid Vicious killed her. But uh, we'll keep it at that for now because we will definitely see Debbie Harry again when we watch Videodrome. And then, of course, Jerry Stiller's in this film. He plays Tracy Turnblad's dad. He runs the Hardy Hard joke shop. He's throwing itching powder on Debbie Harry, talking about fake doggy do. Uh, he's a little. little water places. Yeah. Um, he's good. He ever, he's Jerry Stiller. And he recently passed. Has away. he never not been good? He's Jerry Stiller. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's Jerry Stiller. He's funny. He's great in Seinfeld. Uh, him and his wife had a long time uh, stand-up comedy duo. His son's Ben Stiller, who's made a lot of good movies. Yeah, um, he's uh, never had. No one's really ever said anything negative about him. He's never uh, like slapped a woman or like yelled at children. Or as far as I know, he's never even said anything even a little bit mean. As far as I know, yeah, he's just seems like he was a really cool guy. And he was really funny, and he was great in everything he's in. Everyone loved him, and uh, he passed away. But it's, he must have had a long and fulfilling life. He was like almost ninety, anyways, right? You know, I think he was in his nineties, wasn't he? Yeah. So it's, it's it's not really that sad when you know, like imagine the life he had. Yeah. Something well, you get, get get gear up because Al Brooks oh, is coming next. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> what? Um, they're all that same age. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we also got uh, Colleen Fitzpatrick, who plays uh, the uh, Von Tassel girl, the, the villain, I guess. The main antagonist of sorts. I guess the main antagonist is racism, but <laughs> she's, <laughs> per- her and her, she's personified as it. Uh, although she's credited as Colleen Fitz- Fitzpatrick in the credits of the film, you know who that actually is? No. That's, that's Vitamin C of the Graduation Song fan. No, is it really? Yeah, it's Vitamin C. Huh. My nose says, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and then not, um, it wasn't uh, didn't yeah it didn't uh, wasn't gonna catch that. Yep. <laughs> yes. I don't think she was she was in vitamin C at the time. <laughs> oh, this, she's just, <laughs> this inspired her. Yeah, vitamin C will come later. She's like, you know, I really love dancing and bopping around. I'll make a graduation song. Uh, we also have Leslie Ann Powers who plays Penny. This is her only film role, and she seems to have disappeared off. Of, the face of the earth after this movie ricky lake was like yeah i don't know what happened to her <laughs> but uh she's super cute and really good in the movie i'm surprised she didn't john waters like i don't even remember casting her she just showed up the first day and i'm like oh, i guess we'll, i guess we'll work with it yeah i love that she's just constantly like sucking on a jawbreaker and shit. <laughs> it's a good character trait in the uh 2007 movie she's played by amanda Bynes, and she has lolly oh sh- Ugh. yeah I don't want to talk about the 2007 version. I, I saw it in the theaters. <laughs> I sort of did. Well, Ricky Lake's in it. Ricky Lake. We saw her before in Crybaby. But Cry Baby, another John Waters movie. Yep. Crybaby comes after this movie, technically, in the timeline of real life. <laughs> this is her film debut. And um, most famously, at least in like my childhood, because... I saw her on TV before I saw these John Waters movies. In 1993, she was chosen out of 100 people to host her own daytime talk show. Remember Ricky Lake? She was always on TV. Oh, she, yeah, constantly. She was like the... Remember, remember to- like daytime talk shows? I feel like they kind of died off. Yeah. The, the, the you, don't, of, you don't have your Phil Donahue's. You don't have yeah. your uh, Jerry Sally Jesse's. <laughs> Sally Jeffy, Jesse Raphael's. Yeah, it's Ricky Lake. Uh, she'd always like be barefoot on a show. Remember, she's like, "All right, time to fucking kick off these heels and get down to business." <laughs> That's hard. Right, yeah, she was. Uh, after only three years, Ricky Lake became rated second in. Uh, oh, she's biting out those Oprah heels. Yeah, she was doing good, um, and she was considered a Dreamlander after Hairspray. What's a Dreamlander? Dreamlanders are the cast and crew of regulars whom John Waters is used in his films term comes from the name of Waters production company dreamland productions dreamland uh who are some of the other dreamlanders uh famously patty hearst 
Remember Patty Hearst? I remember Patty Hearst. She got abducted and uh, started doing crimes, and then she was like, oh, I was brainwashed. After that all happened, she started... <laughs> After that, yeah, after all that. I know, I know, started, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> started appearing in John Waters' movies. It's perfect for John you Waters. Can, I, I like, know, you yeah. can <laughs> oh. We also got Susan Lowe. She appears in Hairspray. She just has small cameos in Angry Mom. Also, Mary Vivian Pierce. She's in every John Waters production. She plays another mom in this. My personal favorite Dreamlander is Mink Stoll, who plays Tammy in this. Corky's, uh, like, assistant. Uh, she's great in like Serial Mom and Polyester. Uh, I just she fucking yells so much. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so good at yelling dialogue. <laughs> we also got George Stover, who's in this as a cop. Then we got Van Smith, who does costumes for Hairspray. Vincent Paranillo, he's an art design. And then uh, I guess probably the most successful, famous member of the Dreamlanders, aside from Divine, of course, Pat Moran. She has production managing and casting for this. She's a celebrated casting director. She's cast all sorts of shit, like Steven Spielberg movies and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic and all that sort of shit. But she's been best friends with uh, John Waters since they were like in high school. So take that, society, I guess. I don't know. Yep, and of course, the most famous and powerful of the Dreamlanders, Divine, another personal hero of mine. Uh, she or he rather met Maverick film director and good friend John Waters at high school in Baltimore and the two combined to star in and direct several ultra low budget taboo breaking cult films of the early 1970s yeah so we've so far only watched Hairspray and um, Crybaby which are easily easily the most accessible John Waters movies Uh, we'll watch Polyester eventually because that one's technically in the 80s and somewhere down the line, we'll probably just end up watching all of them because fuck it, who cares? John Waters is the best. And oh, I guess Serial Mom might be more. Oh, Serial Mom did really well, but uh, the content of it isn't as safe as the Hairspray or Crybaby. No, I mean, for sure it's not, but I'm just thinking, like, it's, maybe Serial Mom is his most mainstream, now that I think about it. It had definitely had the most mainstream success, but I feel like even then, it, I don't know. Whatever, it's not important. I'm going to get sidetracked here. Yeah, uh, my point basically is just uh, these relatively safe movies. John Waters movies are more known for uh, very in-your-face humor and gross-out shit and stuff. Like a lot of them were uh, rated X. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't NC-17 back then, but yeah, they were rated triple X. X. Yep, they were like midnight movies, as people would say in the old days. Mm, oh, because I watch them alone at midnight. I only have one hand free. Whoa. I don't know about that with John Morris. <laughs> I like the p- part where they eat the poopoos. <laughs> I like when Divine eats the dookie. <laughs> Divine, uh, born Glenn Milstead in Baltimore, Maryland, to a conservative middle class family. Uh, he developed an early interest in drag while working as a woman's hairdresser. By the mid 1960s, he had embraced the city's counterculture scene and befriended Waters, who gave him the name Divine and the tagline of the most beautiful woman in the world, almost. Uh, during his childhood and adolescence, Divine was called Glenn by his friends and family. As an adult, he used the stage name Divine as his personal name, telling one interviewer that both Divine and Glenn Milstead were both just names. Glenn is the name I was brought up with. Divine is the name I've been using for the past 23 years. I guess it's always Glenn and it's always Divine. To me, the character... You can't Divine. know my true name because <laughs> yeah. I don't need the magicians. Yeah, it's like Divine's a cryptid. You'll never know <laughs> my true name because you'll get power over me. 
Uh, he goes on to say, do you mean the character divine or the person divine? You see, it gets very complicated. There's the divine you're talking to now, and there's the character divine, which is just something I do to make a living. She doesn't really exist at all. Yes. Wow. Too. Thanks, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's that cool. That's that cool shit. Um, at one point, he had the name Divine officially recognized as it appeared on his passport. And in keeping with his personal use of the name, his close friends nicknamed him Divi, which is a cute nickname. Oh, that is a cute name. name. Also, yeah. very, ter- uh, very uh, Hulk Hogan, or should I say Terry Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. This is <laughs> Ariba, man. <laughs> Ariba, man. <laughs> uh, Rodzilla. <laughs> Described by People Magazine as the drag queen of the century. I don't know why they have the authority to determine that. (laughs) If anybody knows drag queens, it's People Magazine. Divine has remained a cult figure, particularly within the LGBT community, and has provided the inspiration for fictional characters, artworks, and songs. Various books and documentaries, films devoted to his life have also been produced. There's a quote here. I can't remember who it's from. I forgot to write it down, but it's one of the few truly radical and essential artists of the century who is a, an audacious symbol of man's quest for liberty and freedom. Hell yeah. Wow. I want someone to say something nice about me like that. Better get to work on your drag looks. <laughs> eh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm like too old to get into it now, but I was like, man, I'd love to do drag. I guess you're never too old to try new things. Huh? I don't got yeah, that's right. You know, on. you can you can be. A good, I'm gonna get into skateboarding. I especially like that. Uh, like the the rules of drag have opened up a little bit. So like, I don't even necessarily need to shave my beard anymore or like my chest. <laughs> that's what's up. Oh, that reminds me. I'm gonna. The, everybody's doing a uh, girl uh, cutting her hair into mullets for the Tiger King. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my hair into a mullet. Oh, I've already been growing a mullet. Yeah, we talked about this before, but I haven't actually yeah. cut it yet. I'm gonna do it. Maybe tomorrow. Oh. Uh, mine's starting to look like a mullet. For a while, it was just a mohawk, you know, because it was kind of the same length. But I've now it's gotten to the point where the back's a little bit longer than the top. So we're getting close. Soon, get some of that stuff you rub in your hair to turn it into dreads. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> nah, I don't want that dread stuff. It's going to be awesome. Nah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Like the street awesome. sharks. Ugh, oh, fuck that show. On March and then 7th. And this happened. And then this happened. <laughs> yeah, that's cartoons that selling toys, though. Some of them, nah, it was Street Sharks really bad. I guess sometimes, like, sometimes they tried though, like with the early GI Joe like TV movies. Yeah, those were intense. Where they're like, yeah, I know it's toys, but it's a job, so I'm gonna write the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> On March seventh, nineteen eighty eight, three weeks after Hairspray was released nationwide, Divine was staying at the Regency Plaza Suites Hotel in Los Angeles. He was scheduled to tape a guest appearance uh, the following day as Uncle Otto on the Fox Network television series Married with Children. Divine returned to his hotel that evening where he dined with friends at the hotel restaurant before returning to his noom, his room. His noom? His doom. Shortly no. before midnight, he died in his sleep at age 42 of an enlarged heart. Uh, probably because of sleep apnea. Divine's body was flown back to Maryland and taken to Ruck's funeral home in Towson, where a coffin was obtained for him. The funeral took place at Prospect Hill Cemetery, where a crowd of hundreds had assembled to pay their respects. John Waters gave a speech and was one of the pallbearers who then carried the coffin to its final resting place, next to the grave of Divine's grandmother. John Waters was devastated and later made the comment, After you've worked hard all your life and finally succeeded, I think you deserve more than two weeks to enjoy it. Because they were on tour promoting Hairspray, which was a major success, and he died, which sucks. 
In what has become a tradition, though, fans have been known to leave makeup, food, and graffiti on Divine's grave in memoriam. Waters claims that some fans have sexual intercourse on his grave, which he believes Divine would love. So that's now officially one of my goals in life is to have sex on Divine's grave. As a result of having played Edna Turnblad in Hairspray, the stage musical traditionally casts a band in the role out of respect for Divine. And, and that's how we got John Travolta. Woo. Yeah, woo, John Travolta. And there is a 12-foot-tall statue in the likeness of Divine made by artist Andrew Logan, which can be seen on permanent display at the American Visionary Art Museum in Divine's hometown of Baltimore. And here's a great quote from Divine himself saying, people who used to make fun of, fun of me are now fans. I had the last laugh, which is fucking awesome. That's the best. That's why Divine's the best, because fucking just do whatever he wants. He just fucking out there living his life, doing his shit, found success, and was able to rub everyone's face. And he's just like, fuck you, I do what I want. This is what life's all about. That, yeah, you know what? Just like Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, Donald Divine wasn't as good as Donald <laughs> Trump. Know, you can, it can be dirty if you, if you, if you, uh, uh, if you want it to be, is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? There's, uh, it's a similar road. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. is uh, You got to be careful. Be a Donald, better person. Donald Trump got the power he has from money, the existing wealth in his family, all the sort of shit. Divine was a regular middle-class kid who also happened to be gay and a drag queen. Doesn't fit into society at all. He said, fuck that, I do what I want, and still found success. That's admirable. Donald Trump, he's just a fat piece of shit. Who cares? There you go. He eats dookie. He eats dookie, and he loves it. Divine <laughs> no, does it for the heart. Divine eats McDonald's, eats Big, big Macs and fried chicken from, from the KFCs. Now, nah, didn't, didn't Pelosi say that he eats baby doo-doo or something? <laughs> he called him big old fat baby button face. I think that's Yeah, it. and then she voted for his war budget. Got him, Pelosi. Um, John Waters wrote the screenplay under the title of White Lipstick with the story loosely based on real events. The Corny Collins show is based on the real-life Buddy Dean show, a local dance party program which preempted Dick Clark's American Bandstand and aired in the Baltimore area during the 1950s and early 1960s. I was thinking about while I was watching this movie, my only exposure growing up to uh, these sort of dance programs was Soul Train. So I was Ooh, like, yeah, fucking, you know, Black America did it. They tricked this white boy into thinking that the dance program was a black invention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dancing is basically a black invention. So, <laughs> yeah, having fun, listening to music and shit. <laughs> all the music on the dance shows was a black invention. <laughs> yeah, yep. They had the last laugh. They got, they got me. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is it's not even really a trick because that's how it should be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because my only exposure to anything like that was Soul Train. So I thought like Soul Train was the originator. But Singuration today, tomorrow, forever. That's uh, George Wallace, right? Yeah. George Wallace. He said that before he was elected governor. So he said that and people still elected him. That was like a feature. <laughs> Wild. But it was, that was like Alabama, right? Or Georgia? Yeah. Well, you act like it's so fucking different. Alabama would still do that today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I mean, f- makes sense for those guys. <laughs> those assholes. They almost elected a goddamn pedophile. Yeah, and they were, like, proud of it, too. That's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, he's a proud Republican child molester. <laughs> and Charles Barkley had to go down there and save everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Charles Barkley. You got this man's terrible. John Waters wrote that his all-time favorite review of Hairspray was David Edelstein's in Rolling Stone, in which he says, 
a family movie both the Bradys and the Mansons could adore. Yeah, I guess if you're like a dumb suburban American and you watch this movie at face value, you'd probably just be like, wow, this is cute and fun. And then if you're more of a Manson type like me, you'd be like, like yeah, race wars. Take that, America. Yeah, that's that's the Manson family would say. They'd be like, oh, shit, it's Helter Skelter. <laughs> I knew it. John I wanted to send the secret messages. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now suck my cock. <laughs> John Waters and the Beatles send the secret messages. Yeah, oh, fucking Charles Manson. He just he just wanted to have sex with the young girls out in the desert. And things got out of control. I, there's better ways to do it. <laughs> Not if you're like a crazy lifelong criminal. It's not like he was smart. <laughs> <clears throat> this is John Waters' first and only PG-rated film. PG-13 for Crybaby, though. It seems like that movie could have been PG. What was the yeah. PG-13? I think the difference is just that this one came out in 88 and Crybaby came out in 1990. Oh. There's a difference. The rating systems like, got softer in the 90s. That's when um, I believe it's called the pussification of America. <laughs> they stopped letting. White I think I read about that on the Epoch Times. Yeah, or they, Epic Times or whatever the fuck it's called. They stopped letting old white men run around and kill all the people living in the city for revenge or something. I don't know. The role of Edna Turnblad was originally written for famed transgender actress Christine Jorgensen. However, when the role of Tracy had to be written, John Waters also rewrote the role of Edna in order to keep his friend and muse Divine in the production. Divine was originally going to play uh, Tracy and Edna. Mother and daughter. Oh, intense. Now mm-hmm. she played mother and enemy. Mother and racist TV guy. There was a scene filmed but cut where prior to her Corny Collins edition, Tracy breaks into Amber's house, destroys Amber's room, and dyes her hair blonde. This explain, scene explains why Tracy's hair changes from brown to blonde between scenes. Not even necessary. She just has blonde hair because she's like star now. She's a star now. Yeah, and all stars have blonde it. hair. Damn it, her hair is dope because it's not all blonde. It's like fucking. It's two tone. Yeah, that's the shit, man. That's punk rock. Another scene was filmed where Tracy finds uh, cockroaches in her hair, which is of course based on the urban legend about a girl finding cockroaches. In her beehive hairdo, right? Or is it spiders? Maybe it's both. I've heard both, I think. I don't remember. Both sound right, so I'm going to say yes. Well, like one of them is in like scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh. Uh, Never made it into the final cut, uh, but it explains all the references to roaches in the later part of the film. Her, she's clean, and her mom said so. Yeah, she's a clean machine. I think the the implication, though, is uh, they're white trash. Right, because they don't live in the nice part of town. <laughs> and they talk to coloreds. Yeah, they talk to coloreds. I learned a new uh, racial pejorative from this movie. When, what was uh, it? I don't know. Debbie Harry, the uh, the boss, the mom. Blondie? Blondie, when they first see Tracy on TV, she's like, oh, her daughter's like, there she is. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, she might even be high yellow, which apparently is... Um, uh, old term for someone who's uh, a light-skinned black person who can pass for white. Wow! Yeah, so I learned that. Let's not uh, let's not bring that one back. Nah, that's a weird one. <laughs> and then, of course, in 2002, the film was adapted into a Broadway musical of the same name, which won eight Tony Awards, including Best Musical in 2003. And then that musical was adapted into a movie. 
Yep, and then the second film version of Hairspray, an adaptation of the stage musical, was then released in 2007 by Warner's Brothers Pictures, which included many changes, and um, it sucked. And it was also like 30 minutes longer. They had all those fucking songs in it. First one's not a musical, it just has music in it. Fucking remake is based off a musical, everybody's just fucking singing all the time. It's bullshit. Everyone out there singing. And it's like... The fucking sincere, saccharine, cutesy version of the story where it's like white savior shit instead of like having the white characters out of the line. But we have black souls, Tracy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's the the best thing about... I I was the first black president. (laughs) (laughs) Best thing about the original version is... uh, doesn't hold any. John just doesn't pull any punches for anybody. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's even these dumb, stupid kids say some stupid shit, even though their hearts are in the right place, saying some stupid shit. They call that nowadays we call that Tumblr. <laughs> Speaking of the guy who says that, Link, um, Lonk? he's called Link, Lonk, Link Lonker, Link Larkin, Link Larkin, Lonker Duke. He's played by a man named Michael St. Gerard. Uh, Does he look familiar to you? He did. He looks a little bit like Topher Grace, wouldn't you say? Are they related? Yeah, it was a very studly Topher Grace. But more specifically, doesn't he look like our nephew, Chad? Oh, he does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, he straight up looks like Chad. (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me he's like someone's dad or something. (laughs) Nah, he just looks like our nephew. (laughs) <laughs> the entire time I was like why does that guy look so familiar yeah he's just like um, not as dark as our nephew Chad I think is the only difference and uh doesn't have yeah. any much Mexican in him no he's got his name is Michael St. Gerard so he's like English or something <laughs> oh, Chad's name is Chad though so <laughs> yeah that's true Chad Hinesley <laughs> yeah he's got an Irish last name <laughs> that's that's living in America though <laughs> living in America, America. Or maybe not. I feel like it's um. I get. I always feel like it must be common that there's a uh, like racially mixed families because ours is. But then maybe I guess it's not that common. But then nope. I, feel, yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Whatever. Fucking yeah. Everyone. Like, everyone is out here on the internet talking like they know what's best for black people and they have never met a black person. So <laughs> <laughs> guess maybe yeah. They don't ever like hang. I think out it's always really telling how uh, they people on the internet only seem to know one part of uh, Martin Luther King's uh, letters from a Birmingham jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the the whole thing with Martin Luther King is the the uh, American culture at, at large is like taken they've like washed away so much of like the actual teeth and revolutionary thinking that Martin Luther King was espousing and they're just like yeah now he's safe for the kids to consume because <laughs> well he won't accidentally possibly inspire some sort of deviant thought like you know well I mean you can see it like just when Martin Luther King Day happens and like there's all these Republicans like oh let me say something nice about Martin Luther King and then yeah. as soon as there's like some sort of protest and they're like god damn it you sons of bitches yeah, this is why don't thing. they learn their place it's <laughs> not the time for this shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's not the time for it when is it gonna be the time huh People are tired of waiting. Hmm. I don't know, Kyle. Yeah. What does happen to a dream deferred? Uh, makes you, you, uh, you, um, you, like get, you, got, you live a happy, satisfied <laughs> life and <laughs> everything works out, right? 
Yeah, so Hairspray is a pretty good movie. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I ended up watching it a few times this week. And uh, I was like, you know what? I kind of always thought this was like not a very good John Waters movie. That's a but good John Waters. I was like, oh, movie. this is still a good movie. It it's is better than Crybaby. What? I still like Crybaby more. No, crazy. This is better than Crybaby. Yeah, this one does have some like really funny shit in it. Like when they meet the beatniks and she's yelling at him of fucking Allen Ginsberg. She's <laughs> like, let's get naked and smoke reefer. <laughs> I, so I, go. I also love that like the period accurate slang too, where they're like, let's do some reefer and not like let's smoke weed. Because if you like read uh, like contemporary shit from that time period or like even watch reefer madness is inaccurate as it is. Like the slang of the time was like, we're going to do a joint. I'll do a joint at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to inject two marijuanas. Uh, <laughs> let's do some reefer. Yeah. And I just, I guess because I, I saw it and I haven't watched this since like the remake came out. So I went to the theaters. It was one of those trips to the theaters where like we happened to like be getting wings or something at a restaurant that was nearby the theater. And my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, let's go to the movies with like no plan of what we were going to see. The timing worked out so we could see Hairspray. And I was like, well, I think I like the original one. I haven't seen it in a while, whatever. And we went and watched it. And I was like, well, that was the movie, all right. And I <laughs> you was know, like, honestly, right. I was just, and then afterwards, I was like, oh, my girlfriend was like, yeah, it was okay, I guess. And I was like, um, let's watch the original one because it's John Mars is actually pretty cool. And then we did watch it. But I remember we were eating ice cream when we watched it. And I got kidney stone, like right in the middle of eating ice cream. I was all of a sudden like, oh, shit. Like, I just felt it and knew I had kidney stone. Oh, wait. Is this the time I took you to the urgent care and you, like, passed it while you were in the urgent care? No, nah, this is after that. Oh, I feel like it was the time when time frame worked out. But you get a lot of kidney stones. Drink more water. I haven't had one in a few years, but even when uh, back then I was drinking a lot of water. I did drink yeah, I a lot more alcohol back then, though. I don't know. I just kind of, like, get them. So does our mom. Um, and our niece too, but I haven't had one in a while now. I was gonna say like my uh, my when I saw the the remake, it was kind of a similar experience. So I went to the movie theaters and we're like, well, we're gonna watch two movies. So we went and saw uh, I want to say it was Blades of Glory, and they're like, whatever else is on after this, we're just gonna watch that. Yeah. So I was already like tired and ready to be done. <laughs> but then, but then Hairspray is playing, so we're like, oh, we'll see it, and made it maybe like 35, 40 minutes in. Yeah, if you're doing like the 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 double feature boosts. And but by the, towards the end of the second movie, you're not enjoying it. That's definitely like prime time to walk out of a movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But usually, Blade of Glory wasn't that great to begin with. Yeah. So. <laughs> usually in those situations, though, if I'm going to do a double or even triple feature, you know, on the the, the movie theater's dime, I'll at least like make sure the first movie I go to is something I want to see, and then I'll plan to just be there all day anyways because it's usually when it's like hot as fuck outside. Yeah, I mean, that, it's not like we kind of want to see Blades of Glory, but you know, yeah. it's a Will Ferrell comedy, so yeah. you get about a one in three chance of it being good. Yeah, it's just like for me, um, the movie has to be pretty bad for me to choose like walking outside and getting in my car in the summertime <laughs> over just watching the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'd have to be like pretty offensively bad for me to be like, well, I'm going to go get in my fucking 120 degree car. And the air conditioning is not going to cool it down until I pull into my driveway. Fucking Arizona. God damn. Let's move. Let's get the fuck out of here. 
Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, maybe it's because of the, the having a kidney stone and not can enjoy my ice cream or, you know, just all the events surrounding it. But I was like, for the last few years, I've been thinking that Hairspray was just not up to par with John Waters' other output. Or maybe my assumption was because it had more mainstream success, it therefore wasn't as good, you know, pretentious. You're one shit. of those people. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, general public. Other people like it. Ah. We said before, general public don't seem to have the same taste that I do. <laughs> but watching it this week, I was like, oh, no, this is still a good, funny movie. Very enjoyable. I, I like, so I'm thinking, I didn't read anything about this or anything, but I was thinking like maybe the motivation for having Tracy be pleasantly plump is so that um, she can be immediately visually seen as an outsider. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would say yes. I would. That would be what I would assume. But I don't know. Does has Waters ever said anything on the subject, or is any? I don't. Yeah, I couldn't like find any quote specifically where he was talking about why he made it a bigger. Girl, I also think it's like a it was, way, a good way to do like just to juxtapose or contrast like the, like just the way how uh, easily she was accepted versus how hard it was for black people to be accepted. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's quite a bit of complexity to it. I'm going to so give John Waters the credit for that. I think he's smart enough to have written that. Oh, yeah. No, I think he did it on purpose. It's just, I, I don't recall him ever having written or said anything specifically about it. But I think, yeah, the dual purpose of it is so she's immediately visually can be seen as an outsider. So she doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the cast. So it gives her um, the ample breadth of character to be more open to other people who are seen as outsiders, right? So therefore, she's more open to being like, oh man, fucking, you know, hang out with black kids, who cares? But it also then has the other effect of where she is more easily assimilated into the TV show and all that shit. Because, you know, at the end of the day, she's still a white girl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Good stuff. That's, that's race in the United States for you, huh? That's a, she's got a black soul, so. They parallel that shit with uh, the, most of the white immigrant experience, right? Yeah, no, really. Yeah, except for the, unfortunately, the, the, the real white immigrant experience in the United States happens to be, uh, well, you're getting the shit on from the, 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 the wasps, so you better kick that shit down and be extra racist to get your way <laughs> to assimilate the society. Shit rolls downhill. <clears throat> yes, that sucks. But um, that's Amer- that's America for you, baby. That's America, baby. Yeah, uh, John Waters, as mentioned previously, is known for really lampooning um, sort of mid-century America, um, sort of sh- showcasing how much of a facade the facade really is, right? Because everything is, it'll be like in-your-face bubblegum. And then, like, fucking the characters just say the wildest shit. Deadpan. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the scene in Hairspray that illustrated it for me was at the end of the movie where uh, Tracy Turnblatt, you know, gets out of prison and she makes it to the show in her roach outfit. And then she's like, let's fucking dance. Everyone's dancing. And then Debbie Harry's fucking uh, racism bomb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just blows up and everyone just stops dancing. <laughs> and I was just like, yep, perfect. Because, like, if uh, the bomb part doesn't go off in the comical, especially in the comical way it does, 
like then that that just ends up being like a straight up like corny ending to the movie right where everyone's just dancing happily or whatever but i like that it's just um cut short by the fucking bomb going off <laughs> i think the bomb should have gone off and there should have been a realistic explosion body parts everywhere blood guts gore turned into like a real horror movie at the end and then just that's the end well that'd been interesting I don't know if that would be too... It's really... That's too much, but... Yeah, I was thinking if there might be a way that Roger or John Waters could do it in his his particular style, but he's usually a little bit... You know, nothing ever gets that serious in his movies, you know? But, but electricity killed my parents. <laughs> electricity killed my parents. Electricity. Yeah, but that's cute and funny. <laughs> <laughs> electricity killed my parents. I also like... um. Fucking that, uh, the they the Sonny Bono and Debbie Harry fucking decide they're gonna blow up a public event because they're just their casual racism gets out of control, <laughs> right? That's what, which that's is what a happens. very reflective of the United States, right? Slippery yeah, that's slope. Like fucking, that's, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> it's like fucking the Unabomber, not the Unabomber. Uh, fucking Timothy McVeigh. McVeigh. Yeah, and to tie it back with hairspray or whatever. Uh, this is that's like fucking magic's not real. No authority is really real, but your own, right? So with the idea of segregation in this movie, it's fucking like as soon as you don't want segregation anymore, you don't have to fucking have it. You know what I mean? Like they well. could, the fucking TV guys, fuck that shit. Just let the kids in. You know what I mean? It's like fucking he's gonna take his like number one fucking TV show off the air because he let the black kids on and shit. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like fucking yeah, people hold the reins of power and shit like that. But he's fucking. Sometimes you can just do shit, and they have to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just uh, it's uh, it's always better to ask or to ask for forgiveness and ask permission. Hell yeah! Like that's fucking part of let's one aspect of like my life motto. I think is like no fucking. Sometimes you have to do shit because people are gonna tell you not to do shit that you should do. Just like fucking, I was talking about with Divine, how he just went out there and did what the fuck he wanted and lived how he wanted to, and people decided to deal with it. There's a lot of fucking rules and shit that people are going to place on you, society and blah, 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 and they expect you to follow them, and then everyone acts like, oh, we're in total agreement that this is the right way to do it. It's fucking, nah, there's not a right way to do it. Just fucking do your shit. And then, you know, don't like fuck up anybody else's shit or get, you know, cause harm to other people or whatever, but fucking. Do your shit. Other people have to deal with it. Cause fucking live your life. Yeah, fuck, no one's no one's a real authority on any of this shit. Nothing's real but math. So like, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is math even real? It exists without human observation out in the universe and shit. So math seems pretty real, but everything else it is. is but like, I don't know. I have a thing of there of thing about math and like uh, human's perception and uh, I mean, like the way we've layered our understanding on it. But it's not. You're right. The basic fundamentals of math are. Yeah, like, you know, fucking triangles exist, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but other than that, who knows? It's fucking, a lot of times, it's fucking, there's no exact truth to it. So, fuck that shit. Do what you want. Except for if you're, like, you know, fucking cracker trying to blow people up and shit for your fucking, your fucking blessed fascism that you love so much, whatever. Can't do that shit, because like I said, you're not supposed to hurt other people. Other than that, fucking do what you want. You can be fucking fascist in your own head. And just, you know, no one's ever going to let you get <laughs> Keep your fascism to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one's interested in that shit. It doesn't help anyone. It helps me, the fascists. Nah. No, you think it yeah, does, it but these people yeah. that are really into fascism is like, you're not going to fucking make it, you scrub. Because there's real fucking heartless, cold motherfuckers out there like me. I'll fuck you up, son. 
I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> no, I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend, trying to holler at me. Man, I was feeling shitty this week, but doing the podcast made me feel better because I just got angry about stuff. <laughs> Fired up. Now let's do Waterfalls. Crazy Sexy Cool was a good album. TLC was cool. The 90s was cool. Fucking what movie watch next? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, first one. Yeah, <sighs> boring. I feel like we didn't talk about <laughs> hairspray enough. I don't, fucking here's shit. John Waters rules. Divine rules. Um, because I said so. Hairspray is actually a good movie. I thought it was one of his worst movies. It's perfectly fine. I don't think he has a bad movie. Every John Waters movie you watch, you're like, you know what? I'm into this. I don't know. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I haven't watched it in a long time. Maybe I don't like that one. Um, I guess I'll have to watch it again. Who knows? Yeah, we'll report it next week. We'll find out. Yeah. I haven't really been watching um, movies lately, though. What have I been doing? Like Picking your butt. <laughs> yeah, up to no good. Creeping around. Thinking about when am I going to get to return to Party Rocket? <laughs> I actually don't I- like the party very much anymore because I'm old. But every year when like the summertime comes around, I'm like, ooh, summertime. This is usually when I fall in love with someone. <laughs> Gotta get out there in the streets. This is when I usually listen to Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jazz. Summertime. <laughs> I don't listen to that trash. Wait, you don't call that trash. I'll cut. I'll cut you. Yeah, Will Smith actually is a pretty good rapper. If you go back and listen to some of his jams, <laughs> he's got um like a spooky one too, right? Like a Halloween rap. Doesn't oh, yeah. mean where it's like right. Dracula and Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's cool. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, and I mean, summertime is usually this like a, this usually when you get out there. Meet a girl. It's usually when you start kissing, at least. Usually, like maybe dating, but usually every girlfriend I've had it didn't really start out like going on dates or anything. It started out just like you know, hanging and banging, banging and hanging. Yep, it's always in the summertime. Summertime, shit, man. It's fucking. That's when the love happens. It's fucking meet me by the lake. It's going down. Don't meet you by the lake. That's where Jason's mom's gonna ask you a question. Now that's where the fucking Zodiac killed someone. And then our dad went there a week later and the cops were like, get out of here. These dumb kids. Dumb kid. That's Lake Berryessa. Check it out on the internet, guys. Take a look at Lake Berryessa up in Napa. That's where Zodiac killed someone there. Um, also, uh, Vallejo. And uh, only one of the killing or the attacks was in the city itself, I think. It was like Vallejo, Napa. I don't know. I used to know more about the Zodiac. I've been spending more time thinking about Charles Manson lately. <laughs> need to get back to the Zodiac. <laughs> and then maybe I'll spend a little time thinking about Ted Bundy again, you know? Um, fucking Ted Bundy. I don't like Ted Bundy. I mean, I, I don't like the Zodiac yeah. or Charles <laughs> he's Manson. No, he's no Zodiac killer. But like removing them from being historical figures and just looking at it as like a story or a mystery, which I guess is probably in bad taste or whatever, but that's kind of... My How everybody does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ted Bundy fucking sucks. Now Jeffrey Dahmer, that's an interesting fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted Bundy just fucking sucks because he's just like a little piss baby. It's like, oh, man, I want, I get, I don't get what I want. I like when there's more like pathology to it. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, 
he was tortured alcoholic couldn't come to terms with his sexuality would jeffrey Dahmer been a normal functioning member of society if he was born a few years later when it would have been more acceptable for him to be homosexual no way to know but now there is with the famous what if machine <laughs> that's the marvel <laughs> comics books trademark all right well that's a good episode i think i don't know we talked about some weird shit charles manson comes up a lot i bring, yeah, up, I bring it up a lot <laughs> charles manson yeah um he's interesting to me not like john waters is interesting to me john waters is a cool person cool human being Charles Manson is not. It's just the the, the the span of his life is fucking interesting to me. And then occasionally he just like a shaman, just like Tiger King. I said Tiger King is like a shaman too. Occasionally, fucking they just hear something from the other side and it comes through and it's like, fuck, that guy was right. <laughs> uh, that crazy person said some real shit. <laughs> So, yeah, that that's, crazy person said some real shit. The Kyle McDonald story. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's a lot of my interests, I guess. Like, wow. Oh, man, that crazy person really said some real shit. It really resonated with me. <laughs> Am I crazy? No. He just broke through the, the static the static age. Anthropocene is over. It's all about going back to shamanism, animism. I'd like to be a shaman, I think. Because some people out there looking at my solar plexus. Check, check, check it out. I'm going to check it out. Probably stream it. Because I was thinking, since it seems like there's no hope for the future, I'll just retreat to the past. <laughs> That's my plan, too. <laughs> yeah. But I'm building a literal time machine. What time machine. <laughs> I'll just play EverQuest and think about my girlfriend dancing with dirty feet. Oh, well. What was your luck? I really got to pee. You know, that's the end of the podcast anyways. VHS Cult. Oh, I'm Kyle. That was Sean. We were VHS Cult. Tell your friends Give and family. Money. You rate and review. Go to Patreon. Smash that like button or fuck, fuck Something. off. Something. Get ready. I'll be streaming on Twitch. Playing EverQuest. EverQuest. That's EverQuest for you.